0: Hey, CHN Radio listeners, this is your host, Greg Foxall. Uh, just to set up this one, this is obviously our biggest emergency podcast because we did so much work in the Miguel Amaron situation. Uh, it's going to be me, Trevor, official questionnaire, by the way, and uh, the person who broke the news, Roberto Rojas, in the beginning bit, and then stay tuned for the end because Elijah Newsom is actually interviewing uh, somebody with Dirty South Soccer, which is the... SB Nation group associated with Atlanta United to talk more about Almiron so you're getting a pretty all-inclusive experience here Uh, so I hope you enjoy and uh, without further ado we broke our transfer record fee for Miguel Almiron so enjoy You're listening to the CHN Radio Podcast Make plans to be part of the Toon 2019 meetup in Denver, Colorado
1: Join us for a pint at the Hogshead and Celtic February 22nd through 24th with our special guest, Warren Barth. The Mack is allowed.
2: How are you, the lads? Now, it's Miguel Almiron! It's an absolute peach from the Paraguayan, Miguel Almiron! Pressure does really well, digs out a fine cross. Now, Yamil Asad back to Almiron, still Almiron, still Almiron! 2 there it's united It's another peak oh, from the Power
3: He's got-
0: everybody and welcome to our first official emergency podcast of chn radio this is our, our first like true signing simply because we just broke our record our transfer record is now it's now gone and we have signed miguel almiron from atlanta united we could not be happier about it um and that that went down today on on this day that we're recording deadline day um, so it is reported, and we'll get the exact numbers for you too when they officially come out. But the Guardian's reporting 16 million dollar or pound deal with an additional 4.7 pound payment conditional on meeting various performance-related targets. So the club announced today, 2:30 p.m. on British Standard Time, that permanent arrival, 24-year-old Paraguayan international forward. Miguel Almiron has put pen to paper, five-and-a-half-year deal, which will keep him at St. James's until 2024. Uh, there is a work permit situation, so you will not see him at Spurs on Saturday. But he is the second Paraguayan to join United. And uh, Diego Gav- uh, Gavilan, am I saying that correctly, Roberto? I'll get to your introduction soon. <laughs> is it Gavilan? Gavilan. 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 Okay. Diego Gavilan. Uh, yeah, that was January 2000. Uh, Rafa had some things to say, and he said, we were following Miguel Amarón for a while, and we saw a player with some pace and attack who can play behind the striker. We have someone who can score goals and give assists. We know the, that MLS is a different challenge to the Premier League, but he has the potential to do what we are expecting and what we need. From talking to the lad, you can tell that he is really focused on what he wants to do well. He wants to be successful, and he wants to help the team to score goals and give assists if it is possible. His impact in MLS has been really good. He has been one of the best players this year, and hopefully he can give us more competition and more quality in the final third. I am pleased that the hard work behind the scenes has ended positively, and I thank everyone for their efforts. So that leads me to introduce to you, first, an Atlanta United season ticket holder, and famously, even more famous, the official questionnaire of CHN Radio, I have with us Trevor Mooney. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Greg. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Doing great. This must be amazing for you as a Atlanta United season ticket holder and a Newcastle United fan. How does this feel? Uh,
2: I mean, as an Atlanta United supporter, obviously everyone's so sad to see McGee leave. Uh, he's been the heart te- heartbeat of our team for the past two seasons, um, but kind of bittersweet. and now he's at Newcastle, my Premier League club, and so I couldn't be happier. I know a lot of my friends who support other Premier League clubs are not happy, but I'm thrilled. Yes,
0: and also with us, which I kind of gave a little hint has wasn't a good. It's not a good surprise, but it is a good podcast because he's on it. We have legend now, <laughs> in my words, uh, a legend, a legend journalist, a legend insider, and newest Newcastle United supporter.
4: Roberto Rojas, how you doing? <laughs> Don't count your chickens too fast on that last part. Um, I'm doing well, Greg. I'm really, really happy. Uh, it's been a, it's been an interesting last, uh, I would say, 48, 72 hours. Where I think uh, the next time that I'm going to Newcastle, I'm probably going to be offered probably seventeen thousand drinks and and a season ticket to Newcastle because of this. But no, I've been, I've been great, and. Yeah, I can't wait to honestly talk about this, this wonderful, wonderful transfer that has finally happened and and hopefully will end up succeeding and, and making a lot of people in, in Newcastle very, very happy.
0: Yes, absolutely. And if you haven't heard of Roberto Rojas, you have not been on social media in about a month and a half. Um, and at this point, it could be a live – I mean, Roberto, this could be really you or it could be a recording – At this point, you've been everywhere.
4: (laughs) I think think it's me. I I would love to meet someone else
0: that's probably better than me, but no. (laughs) You can just start recording yourself doing the same thing over and over. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. So, Roberto, we'll start with you. Uh, Just give people a little insight into the history of Almiron leading up to his start in MLS. Um, Give it a background. I know you're familiar with him from... Paraguay days. So, give us a little taste of what it was like growing up, youth style, through um, Paraguay and to where? Up to Atlanta United.
4: Yeah, up to Atlanta United. I think when you have to deal with players like Miguel Amaron, you you want to you always have to look at the type of players that have come before him. Uh, you know, I think we all dream of being professional soccer players, footballers. Um, And this was the case for Almino. I mean, he comes from a a humble background, a middle-class family in Asunción from the Barrio Sao Paulo. You know, he he played youth football at his local club, and eventually he was actually uh, playing for the Academy of Nacional, which is one of the top clubs. Well, not a top club, but I would say uh, one of the first division clubs in, in Paraguay but uh there then came a moment where he was cut because he was too short and, and and really not in the best position uh to to do anything so what happened was he he moved to Cerro Porteño at the age of 14 in 2008 and has been there since then I mean he's well at least until uh, the next move he would make but he would start at Cerro Porteño do very very well you know he, he was a. The thing about everyone soccer I think that has made it you know one of the top leagues in all of South America is its importance on youth. Uh, there is a rule where a player, at least this was implemented uh, just recently where a player has to have a starting 11 with a player that is at least 19 years old uh, or under the age of 19 years old to play at least one minute. That is the rule. Um, so yeah, I think it, I think is, has succeeded in that. Uh, he played two years at Cerro Porteño, where he did score uh, 41. Uh, sorry, six goals in 41 games. Uh, he won the first. He won two titles: the Clausura in 2013 and the Apertura in 2015. And then he made the move that many Paraguayans tend to do um, when trying to springboard themselves into success: as go to Argentina. And he went to Lanús. And you know, this at the time he was only 21, uh, so he was. He was not an unknown, but people thought he knew of the talent that he was able to demonstrate because he already performed at an under-20 level, um, you know, and played at the under-20 World Cup in 2013, uh, finished runners-up in the U Championship in South America as well. So you have that, goes to news, and, you know, he, he does pretty well, for at least in the first year. But the second year, it changed completely. He he, he came to the forefront under his manager uh, Jorge Almirón. No relation. Um, so he was playing as an advanced central midfielder and really found his place as that attacking midfielder that we know of today. And because of that, he was pivotal, pivotable in winning the uh, the league title for and for a small club like Lanús, which you know in a league that is dominated by teams like Boca, like River, Racing. Independiente, San Lorenzo, those teams. <clears throat> for, for Lanús, you know, which is relatively a, a small team in the um, in, in, a, in a barrio, in Lanús is the barrio in, in the Buenos Aires province, uh, he goes in and wins the title, wins the uh, league title against San Lorenzo, 4-0. And he uh, scored as well in the final. And then came this move to Atlanta. Yes. So, so of course, I think in, before every, anything else and before uh, Trevor is, is starts talking, I think, uh, I think the first moves in the beginnings of, of Amir on our humble, you know, uh, a kid that essentially uh, is turning into a man and, and performing in, in two top leagues and then succeeding, uh, winning league titles. So uh, everything comes into place. Everyone thought, yeah, this guy has the potential. He's 22. He has the potential. He needs to go to Europe now. But came Atlanta.
0: Yes, and Atlanta, it, it ended up working out. And now one, one little, uh, just to give people a little bit of a taste, uh, what, what was the biggest draw to him going to Atlanta, Roberto?
4: I, oh, I mean, the biggest, <laughs> biggest one? I'm leading I, you into Tata, it. <laughs>
0: Tata Martino. Tata Under- Martino, yeah.
4: Yeah, and, and
0: that's one of the big things for coming to Newcastle. You're going from Tata Martino, and if you don't know him, he's legendary Paraguayan. Uh, national team coach. Now he's with El tree. Uh, he coached Atlanta United for two years and ended up winning the, the biggest cup you could win the MLS cup. And now he's going from a legendary manager in Tata to a legendary manager in Rafa. It's it's that works out well for him. It's a good rhyme so, as
4: well. Tata Rafa. It works yeah. well.
0: <laughs> yeah, it rhymes. It's, I mean, what could go wrong? Um, so Trevor, you were there for his first match at Atlanta United. Walk us through some of, like, your experiences just watching him live, some of the things you love about him, things that he did in Atlanta that just, like, captivated you personally.
2: Yeah, so, um, yeah, obviously like you said I'm a season ticket holder. Um, was there from the very first game. Um, and, you know, with Atlanta United being an um, expansion club, we really didn't know many of the players on the team. Um, obviously, we, we recruited a lot out of South America Um, But, you know, MLS fans from Atlanta, we didn't really know much about the young talent in Argentina. Um, So when they announced him, we were like, "Okay, cool. Here's our number 10. He's young. You know, obviously they showed a highlight reel, um, which highlight reels are always exciting, but you never really know what you get until you watch a full 90 minutes. Um, And so probably within the first five, 10 minutes of watching him live um, against New York Red Bulls that opening match, uh, we knew the kind of player we had. Um, he was just all over the pitch, um, creating chances um, just everywhere. And and the big thing with him that, that I think Atlanta United supporters love um, is just how humble he is. Um, he, he's not super arrogant. You know, you get these superstars that are so arrogant and just flashy. They point to their name on the back of their shirt when they score. Um, but Meg is the total opposite. He All he cares about is his teammates and winning. Um, and, and he'll do work just as hard um, on defense as he does offense. Um, and so I think that's really what captivated the hearts of Atlanta um, and, and obviously that, that cute smile he has. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the smile is iconic now. Uh, I can't wait for that. <laughs> now, so at, at Atlanta, the, the biggest goal, I mean, it's, it's uncharted territory. I, I guess for a lot of our listeners in England, people aren't as familiar with a club that has never played a match before. So, and speaking, I guess the stigma in MLS now is, you know, MLS and American fan bases aren't as big into soccer as in in Europe, but Atlanta is a completely different atmosphere. Um, So one of you guys, whoever you want to chime into, what what do you think is the impact Once, once he hit Atlanta United, once you saw his almost instant success in the league and just dominating, how do you think that catapulted his name? into
4: into i guess what it is today Uh, i'll 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 start because i think i think just because of the way atlanta is projecting themselves to uh the world essentially and you know i I was talking to a bunch of people in, in in newcastle and england in general about you know why people should pay attention to this guy like and people because people perhaps did not know about him And they they thought to themselves, oh, it's an MLS player, you know, why do we need to be so serious and why is everyone getting so hyped up? Well, I'll tell you why, because the hype is real, because he he demonstrated it. I mean, proved himself into a situation where obviously everything was a big risk. Atlanta United as a whole was a big risk when it started. The fact that they wanted to be something different, you know. Different from the rest, had this beautiful stadium in Atlanta. You know, uh, a great manager, uh, in Tata Martino. These young South American players, Martinez, Almirón, Tito, uh, at the time um, Assad, now Barco, now Piti, Piti Martinez. I mean, they need, they wanted to be different. They wanted to be the outliers, and they did. And they weren't. That's exactly why this panned out perfectly. And with Almirón being this, you know, yes, I understand, Yosef, uh, Won the MVP, had the most goals ever scored by a player in a single season. But you look at the team as a whole, and if you take that out into consideration, mean, Amiron is the best player in MLS. I mean, you, that, the team, obviously, Tata wanted his team to revolve around him as that playmaker, the number 10. And, and it worked perfectly and and rightly so you, you you see the the importance that a player has like him and it, it's well deserved it's well deserved you you it, obviously you're gonna succeed if you work hard and try hard and and, and get to places and these this this move is a success of that of course this might end up not um how can I say this night might this might not be. Uh, The last thing that Admiral wants, I'm I'm pretty sure. Yes, he might say now. Yeah, I'm happy to be at the situation that he's in, and he said that when he was at Atlanta, um, when he was asked if uh, oh if you're going to Europe anytime soon, and he said no, no, no. Right now, I'm fine. I'm at the place I need to be, and I want to develop. I'm I'm pretty sure he's going to say that about Newcastle as well. But who's to say that if he doesn't succeed at Newcastle, then? other clubs are going to come in. You know, your Juventus, your Arsenal, your Real Madrid, your your top clubs in England, like Chelsea or Manchester United, Manchester City, Liverpool, Uh, all the top clubs. I mean, it it, it worked out well. Everything worked out. And Trevor said, you know, this is a guy with a wonderful personality, not just on the pitch, but off it as well. Um, So... Everything worked out perfectly, and everything that needed to happen happened, and um, and we just need to be happy for it.
0: Yeah, and you even you mentioned like being the best player and all. The one cold streak that I can remember from this season, in particular, with Atlanta, was the time that Almiron was injured. Mm-hmm. That was the one time where they they struggled. Trevor, if you want to speak to that a little bit, that that give some some supporters the insight that they need.
2: Yeah, yeah, and it might not be the most popular take in Atlanta. Um, I, I think Yosef Martinez and, and Miggy are loved equally in Atlanta, but I'm on the same boat as Roberto. I think you take Miggy out of the team. Atlanta United's not Atlanta United. Um, you take Yosef out of the team, they're still not the same Atlanta United, but I think you'd still be more successful. Um, but like you said, even even going back to last season, the first season, Kind of around the same time end of the season, um, Miggy went down with a hamstring injury um, kind of when we were pushing for a top spot in the playoffs. Um, and we honestly kind of fell apart. We we, we didn't look the same. Uh, we weren't scoring goals. Um, and we ended up, you know, having to play, getting a lower seed in the playoffs. Um, and then we got knocked out in the first round um, because of the lower seed. And Miggy wasn't 100%. And then, like you said, going back to this year, um, with, with Almiron going down, we, again, hit a rough patch. Um, so, like I say, he's, he's the heartbeat of the team. Um, it's going to be weird um, not having him in Atlanta anymore um, because two years of existence for Atlanta, everyone knows Miggy's our number 10. He, he's what everything goes through. He's going to be running up and down the pitch for 90 minutes no matter what. Um, so that's just kind of the player he is. Um, and kind of going back to earlier, um, as far as you're talking about the impact of his signing and things like that, um, MLS, for people who don't know much about MLS, has kind of been defined in three phases so far. Um, MLS 1.0 was kind of just when it was first created um, with the inaugural teams back in the 90s, um, where it was just really low-level, scrappy. Um, they didn't even have PK shootouts. It was uh, they take keepers on 1v1. Um, it was pretty-
0: <laughs> I remember that.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was ugly. And then MLS 2.0 was kind of when David Beckham came to LA Galaxy um, and kind of started this. Um, designated player rule that I feel like everyone around the world is really confused by. Um, and, you know, that's with Thierry Henry, Robbie Keane, David Villa, um, you know, all those players. And Almiron's kind of been leading the charge with MLS 3.0, um, which is bringing in young talent that would usually go over to Europe, but now they're coming to MLS. And then he's the first one that's really showcasing that MLS is now a pathway to Europe, to big clubs, to succeeding rather than going over to Europe a little too soon, a little too early to big clubs, getting caught up in loans, and then your career isn't the same. So he's really setting a path for the future of MLS. Um, and, and obviously with Atlanta United, setting us up for future success as well.
0: Yeah, um, that, that's a great point, too. So let, let's, let's move on to some strength and weaknesses, his style of play. Um, Almiron is is iconic for some of the things that he does, but and some of the things that he's not talked about is his weaknesses. So I'll, I'll actually start with that. And just some of the things that I've seen on Twitter and just some things I've gathered myself. Uh, we'll start with you, Roberto. Um, some of the things that I've seen or concerns are, one, um, his aerial duels to his right foot and number three is the physicality of the premier league how would you address just you can pick any or all of those three and um from what you know as miguel as a player um, how does he improve how
4: how does he avoid those weaknesses what's your thoughts well i think yeah you bring up a good point of him being um kind of weak I actually didn't even mention that actually when talking about weaknesses is his um performances on the air in the air because i feel like that's something that has to be important when dealing in in, on set pieces and um and and other like crosses or anything else i think that's something that has to be addressed um especially in such a league that is so um very much dynamic in, in the sense of dealing with like long balls and, and set pieces and whatnot. So that's something that I'm sure Almirone is going to have to address completely. Secondly, you didn't mention the physicality. Yes, that is a, an address uh, that needs to be, you know, <laughs> looked at because it's, it's, it's going to happen to him. I mean, we saw how important he is uh, against rivals and for his teammates of how often he gets fouled because that's that, that just shows how much the team and the, the rivals want to stop him because he's just that good. He wants to. If you, it's basically hacking Amido and and getting to not do anything with the ball because if you have him on a one v one on a counter uh, and he lets loose, he's gonna score most likely or give a good pass to uh, to his strike partner. So yeah, I think that's something that has to be addressed and. I think um, when it comes to addressing these problems, of of course, with his right foot, I'm sure Rafa Benitez is very smart to 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 help him. I think he's a player that he so desperately wanted, hence why he got him at the last minute. So I, I think the only way that he has to address this is is, is to get his, his his feet wet, you know, to get dirty, essentially. You know, see how that works out. Uh, you know, deal with it and and move forward because I think that's the only thing you have to do. You're not going to do. you of course you probably could do something individual, but you know, if you want to get your hands dirty, you might as well go out there and and, and do it. So that's that's how I think uh, uh, Miguel has to address uh, these problems that, uh, which are slight weaknesses, but you know I think could be of course fixed uh, given the the potential that he has.
0: Yeah, and we've seen we've seen players immediately improve under Rafa. He he is like a tactically obsessed people like to say i love when players do interviews and they're asked about what tata i mean what tata what rafa is like um and and they say he just won't stop talking about tactics like i was in the elevator with him like and he was just like talking about a match from like two months ago that he saw me doing this one thing and like he's just obsessed and i I think that obsessiveness could really benefit in certain areas because he could he could almost coach He's like you don't you don't need to necessarily duel. Like you can just use your speed to get to the open area. We can we can build a play around you. Um, but so Roberto, going off of that, let me just list the things that I could think of, and it could end up being unlimited. But long shots, crossing, passing, finishing, dribbling, holding onto the ball, set pieces, defense. Those are the, some of the strengths that I. I, I, I just want
4: to interrupt. Are, are you sure Newcastle didn't get Lionel Messi? I just want to make sure. I just want to make sure, just because I that, that, that does sound a little bit. Like there are him.
0: there are reports that we are interested in Lionel Messi.
4: Ooh, that's, that's hey hey but hey. Who isn't? You know exactly. There you go. There you go. But
0: so, so uh, give give us a little rundown of some of his strengths now.
4: Yeah. No, I I think you just mentioned there. I think I, I think what you see of Hamidon uh, is is and and seeing him. <laughs> Yes, and I'm sure Trevor is going to attest to this as well and agree with me, but, you know, you watch a game on TV and you see how fast these players are. You think, wow, they're really fast. But you go there. You, you see it in action with your own eyes, you know, just a couple hundred feet away, and you see Armin go on those runs on and off the ball, and he's very quick, very, very quick. And I think that's just going to be something that is going to be, very interesting to watch in the Premier League. The <laughs> yeah. speed that, a, that an attacking midfielder has. Because once he's in that position to, to feed the ball to the striker, which I, I would assume would be Rondon. Um, another Venezuelan, by way. the way. Hey, there you go. Yeah. The, another connection. So if that does happen, boy, uh, Newcastle are going to be... And that's the thing, too, because you, you mentioned that. You mentioned all the, the attributes that he has. you know Speed, agility, intelligence on and off the ball. Uh, dribbling skills you know um, good to pick out a pass a good left foot too good yeah. left good in set pieces i mean that in itself is very very exciting to see for any team for any uh, soccer player so well so this is why I think Newcastle fans have to be very very excited and you know those that perhaps have watched youtube videos or seen him in, in mls you know are, they're they're excited and rightly so because what you're what you're seeing is what you get and what you're getting is a talented soon to be 25 year old attacking midfielder with a lot of attributes that could easily make him much better and obviously I think with Rafa he could definitely become much better than what he is now. um You get that and wow you have a quality quality number 10 here so yeah I'm I'm very excited to see how he does there in the Premier League and. And how these defenses, which you know are, are very tough, uh, in the end. But if <laughs> you you get him free, you get him into a uh, into, the, into a position uh, with space, and boy, he yeah. will come deadly, you know,
0: Yeah, and we'll move to our last thing, uh, Trevor. Do uh, you just being pretty familiar with both clubs and the player and Newcastle? Uh, how do you see Miguel Almirón fitting in to Rafa's squad in Newcastle?
2: Yeah, so with um, kind of how, at least lately this season, how Rop has been setting up the team in that, uh, I guess you could call it a 5-4-1 or 5-2-2, two, two, uh, two, one however you want to describe it with the five in the back, two holding mids, and then two kind of attacking mids playing off of uh, Rondon. Um, obviously, I think Miggy's going to tuck in in one of those spots underneath uh, Rondon. So I would assume... Uh, similar probably- to it, like a second striker role? Yeah, just kind of underneath the striker, um, underneath Rondon. Obviously, Rondon's our number nine right now. I don't see, unless he gets injured, uh, I mean, he's going to start every match for us at the nine. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I see him probably – he's probably going to displace Atsu, I would think. Um, Rafa just loves Perez. And even though I know you guys have mentioned it on the podcast that he's definitely better coming off the bench, making those late runs on tired legs, Um, Perez is going to start. Yeah, unfortunately. But now we have Almiron, so I'm less mad. Exactly, so I hope they they can kind of create some kind of relationship between the three of them. Um, So like I said, I think it displaces Atsu. He's just going to tuck in on that left side because even when he's not playing, um, you know, just the number ten, he has played on the left wing before. Um, I don't think I've ever seen him play um, on the right wing. So I think Perez will take that right spot. Almiron on the left. and then, like Roberto was saying, just just him in transition, um, he's just going to change the dynamic because Atsu is pretty quick, little player. But um, Amoros is just a whole other level as far as he'll be in the box defending, taking the ball off a of foot, and then he'll be in in the attacking 18. Ten seconds later, trying to score a goal. Um, so so he's gonna he's definitely gonna enhance our ability on the counter, which is kind of what we've been going for um, this season, as you know, packing it in um, and then trying to catch him on the counter. So so it's yeah. definitely.
0: You know that that's a great point and that's one of the things I thought about initially when when the signing became official is in in matches when we've played the top 6 in the Premier League we we bunker but and it's it's oft described by Miguel Amorón's playing style is that he's quicker on the ball than off of it mm-hmm. using him in a counterattack situation he could really blossom on Rafa's side because if you notice even you know is Atsu's not a world beater I mean there's Over 50 midfielders in the Prem right now that I would rate over Christian Atsu. But he's getting opportunities in the box via our counter-attack structure. That's what Rafa builds. That's what he does. I can't imagine the successes that we're going to see with Miguel uh, kind of spearheading this attacking threat that we're hopefully going to have. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, we got the, the Spanish forwards here, Perez, Almiron, and Rondon. Man, I'm all about that. I'm all about it, and we can even add the Swiss share in there. He, uh, Roberto, our center back, has kind of turned into a a messy center back. So, <laughs> like, I, I can't even describe it. I'm in love with him. All right, so um, we'll, we'll we'll pack it up. Trevor being the official questionnaire of CHN Radio, uh, I understand you may have some questions for me for Roberto and
2: I. What what do you have? Um, yeah, I just have one for the both of y'all. You guys can kind of okay. tag team it. Um, uh, it's fairly straightforward, pretty simple, um, obviously with Miggy making the transition. So, so. Um, what will be Miggy's biggest adjustment moving from Atlanta to Newcastle? One, understanding the Geordie accent compared to an American Southern accent. <laughs> Two, realizing his boss is now known as Fat Astley rather than Uncle Arthur. <laughs> or three having to cuddle with a new Venezuelan in Rondon rather than Joseph Martinez. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, what's going to be the toughest transition? Oof. I well, want to put you on the spot, Roberto. You're up. <laughs> uh, I, I'm assuming he, I'm assuming he's going
4: to have to learn some sort of the Jody slang. And, you know, what better way to do it than, you know, this is an awful stereotype and I shouldn't be ashamed of saying it, but, Hey, maybe he has to watch Georgie, Georgie Shore or something. You know. <laughs> the Georgie Shore. Yeah, hey, you never know. I mean, uh, he, he has to learn uh, Bonnie Lad and, and all that stuff. So I, I'm, sure he'll be, I'm sure he'll be fine. But yeah. Away yeah. the lads. There's so many Away others. the
2: lads. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the, the, hey, look, the, the
4: hashtag. The, the hashtag of the, um, of uh, what's it called? That Newcastle announced him. I forgot what it was called. Oh, uh, war. War We're on
2: War on um, the yeah, Which is, is just
4: our hour, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I learned that uh, someone was telling me to see it uh, today. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think she's learning to yeah. <laughs> I Yeah. I think, I think with Rondon, I think Joseph has said a, a bunch of things. Well, now, of course, you know, maybe this means that you, you see a new bromance in the... Um, in the Premier League, hey, maybe some drama. You never know with Martinez. getting just like, oh, why is he getting this? Well, I do. Are you, I, I thought we were family. I thought we were together, bro. That's <laughs> and, what
0: I'm picking. You have, I mean, Joseph is a is probably pretty good cuddler, especially like if you're laying like with his hair and everything. I bet you there's a good cushion there. But Rondon is probably twice the size of. Joseph Martinez. Like he's a he's a big dude. So I, I bet you Almaron needs to get used to cuddling with with Rondon a little bit more. <laughs> I think it's gonna be an adjustment because yeah, like Joseph isn't that big in comparison and Rondon's a he's he's has some meat on those bones. <laughs> so uh that's that's my pick. Trevor, do you have one? You might as well pick the la the the unused Yeah.
2: One. Yeah, I'll pick the middle one. Yeah, I, I think the <laughs> toughest transition is gonna be going from a a big loving, you know, uncle Arthur owner who, you know, is willing to do anything for, for his players and club and city going to, you know, Mike Ashley, who I'm not even going to get He into. might not
0: even, he might not even meet him. Which probably isn't, probably, it's actually probably, he probably won't meet him for months. I guarantee it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I agree. <laughs> awesome. Well, is there any last thoughts that uh, either of you want to share before we head out here?
4: Uh, no, I mean, I'll, I'll go first. I'm saying, look, I think many people, if, if many people haven't been able to figure out about Miguel Neron is obviously, you know, learn about him, realize that, you know, this is a different type of player. Yes, I understand that, you know, coming from MLS, you're going to have a lot, he's going to have a lot of pressure. He's going to have a lot of pressure being uh, a, a player that, you know, is going to f- hopefully follow the model of, of other young MLS players uh, being snapped away by European clubs, this this guy is essentially he's essentially going to be a pioneer, and he hasn't even kicked the ball yet with Newcastle. So he has that. He's going into a situation as as the most expensive transfer in the history of Newcastle. Um, you know that that's a big big thing to have um, with with that weight, especially in a city. And obviously, speaking to you, Greg, speaking to a lot of people in Newcastle, a, a, a city that is obsessed with football. A city that is obsessed with that sport, and you know, it, it's a way of life for them because you have everyone uh, from that city, you know, supporting Newcastle United. So you have that, but I think because of the personality that Trevor mentioned as well, because of the personality he is on the pitch, because of him off the pitch, I think because of those factors and everything that has led to this moment, uh, you know, and then speaking to Daniel Campos uh, and hearing him. Uh, after the, uh, the transfer was made, of how, you know, he's calm, he's excited, uh, you know, but he's, he's mainly focused on soccer 100%. And that's the kind of attitude, and, you know, and, and rightly so. I know Newcastle has not been through a lot lately, at least not until recently after the win against City and these transfers. But, uh, you know, you get a player like Armiron that is going to give 110%, you know, really shows that he cares for the club. And, and all that stuff, then the fans will adore him. And, and, the, and I'm sure if you have the support of everyone at St. James' Park, then, then that, that, that's only going to motivate you much, much more. I mean, the people are already lo- in love with him already, uh, and they, he hasn't even kicked the ball yet. But, you know, once he gets things rolling, and it, hopefully if it does go his way, then you're, you're, you're as, as blasphemous as it sounds. And, uh, I could be wrong, and hashtag – not a hashtag – at freezing uh, hot takes – <laughs> Still, but um, he, he could indeed be a, a, a club idol and one of the best players uh, for this Newcastle side. Yeah. And any last uh, thoughts
2: for you, Trevor? Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I just want to, you know, to Narmu. We're getting uh, one heck of a player. Uh, we should all be super excited about him. Give him a chance to settle in and um, learn the league and, and be the player that he can be. Um, and then for, for any Atlanta United supporters out there, Par- Paraguayans, um, there's there's room in the tune Army. We have open seating for everyone. Come on, support us. Um, we'll, we'll open you in with open arms um, because we're a pretty fun club to support, even though the results aren't aren't the best all the time. So just come on and support Miggy. Away the lads. Here,
0: here's our next campaign, Newcastle United, United States preseason tour in Atlanta.
4: Oh, I love even it.
0: That. Oh, yeah. Yep. That's what we got to go for, guys. Well, thank both of you so much for coming on our Almiron emergency pod. I hope uh, we have a very long, happy, sustained career in Newcastle with Miguel Almiron and uh, many three-pointers. So to Roberto Rojas, to Trevor Mooney, and to War Almiron, I say to you, ladies and gents and bonnie lads, Away the lads.
3: I went to bleeding races on the ninth of June. 1862 on a summer's afternoon At Yuk the bus member is and she was heavy laden The way we went to Lancollin' Street. That's on
4: the road to bleed oh!
3: What's up, guys? Here I am sitting with Eric
1: Quintana, uh, who's with
3: Dirty South Soccer, um, who, if you've been living underneath a rock, uh, easily the most poppin' SB Nation blog right now, um, Atlanta United's SB Nation blog. Can't think of anyone better who would know about Miguel Almiron, so that's what we're going to talk about.
1: First, Eric, how you doing? Good, good. I'm actually thanking you for being here, because you actually traveled from... From where?
3: Tallahassee.
1: Tallahassee to Atlanta for Super Bowl weekend. More importantly, to to talk about this right here. Oh, yeah. This transfer uh, of Miguel Almirón from Atlanta United to Newcastle.
3: Yeah. And so I think a lot of Newcastle fans have a very basic understanding of Miguel. Um, The British media kind of – it's interesting to watch them kind of like discover who he is, how he plays. But I feel like they don't have a good idea. I think people – this is what they know. They know he plays in MLS. They know that he's an attacking midfielder. Uh, there was even some prominent journalists who posted, this guy's a winger.
1: And it's just like, <laughs> he's a winger for Paraguay. He's a a, a cam for, for Atlanta United. He's a, a, you know, a left winger for anyone else that you might want to throw him on, whose team you want to throw him on to. He's like, he's a, He's a kind of a game changer for most teams. I think for Newcastle, he's going to be... Uh, I don't want to say the guy that maybe you you build the entire club around, but he's going to be a vital piece in, in the success of Newcastle moving forward. Um, you can play him on the wing. I think in all likelihood, he'll be used more centrally. He is so good at taking the ball, turning, and running up the field as fast as he can. Um, he's so good on the ball. He's so good uh, with his left foot. The right foot is a completely different story. I don't know. I think I've seen him hit it, the ball once with his right foot, so it's to me it was frustrating almost seeing him uh I, I dubbed him one of the more easy one of the easier people to defend just because he's he's so adamant about going to his left foot that if he's leaning towards his right or if he's in a position where no, any other player would might hit it with the with his right foot he's not going to do that he's going to try to pull it back and hit hit it with his left that's the only frustrating thing about Almirón that really got me in 2017 2018
3: that's interesting cuz i cuz i think a lot of the reports from British media who they've been scouting him they also they all claim he's incredibly difficult to, to defend
1: no and and don't get me wrong he yeah. is he's really really good he's really good on the ball he's not easily as as kind of thin and and, and I don't want to say scrawny looking as 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 he looks he's still really good on the ball he's still very strong on the ball he's not going to get the ball taken away from him all that easily um his appearance is absolutely deceiving in terms of how fast he is in terms of how uh good he is on the ball in terms of protecting it, um, how quickly he can turn and run up field. It's it's a good pickup for, for Newcastle because it's kind of that spark I think they need. It's it's, it's a, they need a little more in the attacking half of the field and and really he's going to add a, a dimension to Newcastle that I think they haven't seen in a long, long time.
3: Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I got the opportunity. It's the best both worlds for me. Both of my teams doing yeah. business with each other. <laughs> so it's, it, it's great. Um, I'm excited because I, I agree. I think he's that spark that we need. And I think Newcastle have lacked a player that's willing to like take chances with balls, take chances with runs. I think everyone's pretty neat and tidy and not ambitious. And I think that's really frustrating to see, especially when Rafa likes to bunker down against these top yeah. six teams, as we saw with like Man City. And it's like there's opportunities for us when we're on the counter, but it's like we're too timid. So I think – Miguel... He's def- going to solve that yeah. for you. He's yeah. going to definitely solve that for it. So, in your personal opinion, what's his best position?
1: Uh, it just depends on who he's playing with and who he has around him. So, with Atlanta United, he was the guy that was helping facilitate Joseph Martinez's amazing run in 2018. Um, he did a lot to facilitate stuff for basically everyone in the attacking half and the attacking third. It wasn't until... This year, we kind of saw him struggle a little bit when it comes to, came to scoring. He got, you could see he got a little upset with himself midway through the season because he hadn't put up uh, many goals. He finally scored one, which was a, a beautiful goal, and you could see in his face that he was he was relieved. He was he was finally it was like he got the monkey off his back a little bit. Um, but no, his his to me his best position is is as a center mid, uh, center attacking mid, a position where again on a counter. He he's at his best. Um, if it, you're if you're a team that's going to primarily bunker and and, and kind of take whatever your opponent's giving you, he's going to be perfect for that because he's going to get the ball at some point and he's going to run upfield field as fast as he can. He's gonna he's gonna turn run up the field either facilitate to his teammates. I think what you may see is uh, him be a little selfish at first when it comes to um, his choices in the final third. You might see him shoot a little more a little more often than than maybe he will later in the season uh, just until he gets used to his teammates knowing the positions they might be in that wasn't the case with lane united because he's been they've all were together from the beginning and so he knew where joseph martinez was going to be he knew that someone was going to be uh trailing the back post um if you were just to take it all the way to the touchline and 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 give it across he knew where his teammates were going to be for the most part he's not going to have that sense at least at the beginning with newcastle it's not going to be much further until much further down the road where he'll be able to kind of blindly put a pass into uh, into the middle of the box and and know someone's there, or or cross it across the box and know that someone will be on the receiving end of that. Uh, but he's going to be again, he's going to be a great asset for Newcastle for sure. Yeah, and I, I mean,
3: I think hearing that he's going to shoot is something that I think a lot of <laughs> Newcastle I, I feel fans. Apparently, that's been a problem. Lately, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it, we don't score goals, and we but I mean, it starts with you know creating chances and. Unfortunately, like we we haven't really had a true playmaking type player. I mean, you got Iosé Pérez, but he's a converted striker slash left mid who's being asked to play yeah. a role he's not really doesn't really look comfortable in. And we've sat, we've run some five in the back formations like we did against Man City, and he's playing out wide and he's having some of his best games of the season. So it's going to be interesting to see how Rafa uses him.
1: I, I, yeah. I, speaking about Rafa, I, I think the fact that he's been watching Almiron since he essentially joined yeah. Atlanta United and seeing the way that Atlanta United has used Almiron, there, he, I think Rafa Benitez is going to know. Okay, I know that he's, I know what he is at, on on the left wing, I know what he is at, at as a center mid, I yeah. know what he can do to a team, I know how he can change the the, the culture, the uh, the the mentality. Because um, I mean, look, as soon as as soon as. The Newcastle players realize what they have in Albinoni. They're going to find him as soon as they get the ball. Yeah, and again, he's going to get the ball, turn, feed his teammates on the wings, or turn it and run a field and blow by everyone. Yeah, I mean that, that's that's what he does. That that's where he, he is at his best, and I think that's what right now Newcastle is looking for, at least for this this the 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 end from now until the end of the season. Yeah, that's that's the kind of play, that's the kind of uh, athlete soccer play that they're looking for. Yeah. at the moment.
3: And yeah, I think that's the, it's the perfect signing. I mean, I've been writing that Newcastle needed number ten for <laughs> three years now, and it took three years, but yeah. we we finally got one. So I know there's, I think there's a lot of questions in terms of adaptation to the Premier League. I think, I think there's definitely a skill gap, which is understandable. But mm-hmm. I, I'm a big proponent. Me and my co-host Greg are big proponents of the MLS is not the MLS of seven eight years ago right And so I think we have to acknowledge that but also I think people are, are really concerned about the physicality you kind of touched on it earlier but do you really think there's there's some concerns in the transition
1: he's really good at um drawing fouls he's really good at I'm not gonna call him a flopper it's gonna it might look like that at times but it, like any basketball player when he's going yeah. to the rim he's gonna he's gonna try to you know, draw the foul. Yeah. And I Malone's mean, doing the same thing when he's turning and he feels someone on him, he's going to wait for that contact. And I don't think initially he's going to want to go down, but if it's strong enough to where it's going to, it's going ir- to ir- disrupt his momentum. Yeah. He's going to go down draw the foul. Um, and that'll be a player that now the, the official is going to have to keep an eye on. Should it be severe enough, whatever, you know what I mean? Um, but he, I don't think he, he doesn't get injured very often. The injuries he has had were, were, were muscle strains. And I think, heading into depending on how Newcastle does their 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 strength and conditioning type of stuff that might change um, in terms of how how often that might happen I think it'll happen twice in two years and I think both times they weren't crazy serious yeah I mean I, I just know, just I know the weeks. most recent
3: time it was more of like he's got a knock let's arrest him yeah and it was
1: exactly it was kind of
3: locked mm-hmm. in Atlanta's gonna be in the playoffs right I'd rather have him in the playoffs rather than him playing for you know winning the league when it's like it doesn't really mean
1: all that much yeah. or as much as the playoff run yeah eventually meant. Exactly. Um I I don't necessarily see it as a problem. I think it could be, but I don't uh, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go down that road and say that yeah the physicality of, of, of the Premier League is is too much different from MLS. Yeah. I would say I would argue that MLS is more physical yeah. because the, the officials uh, I think (laughs) let a lot go most of the time. Uh, The fact that he comes from um, Paraguay and has played down there and has played in Argentina, those are physical leagues as well. I'm not worried about Look, we all ask the same questions about every single player that that came to Atlanta United in 2017. Um, And there's not one player that I've seen with uh, with Atlanta United that has, has struggled in making that transition from Argentina to MLS. I would say that that's going to probably be the same sort of scenario for Miguel Angel going into Newcastle in the Premier League. I think he's going to find, I think he's going to surprise some people. Yeah, I think his speed and and the way he he conducts himself on the ball, especially when there's traffic around him, I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. I think he's going to uh, he's going to force teams to have to focus on him, um, especially if they're teams that are going to predominantly be in possession for most of the game because of Newcastle needing to, you know, bunker. Yeah. I think they're going to, I think Almidon is going to surprise a lot of people based on what he can do in those scenarios, in those situations, um, getting the ball turning and, and again, either doing it himself or facilitating to, to his wingers, to his teammates, uh, to whoever's up top. That's, that's how I would play him right in the middle of the field and let him, let him kind of control the, control the engine.
3: I think that's how I'd like to see him be played. I think it'd be <laughs> frustrating to see him purely out on the wing. I think there are certain formations we have that lend to him being out on the wing. Like we have that our 5 in the back that kind of goes into a 3-4-3 three, three when we're on the counter. And it's like there's not really an attacking midfielder there. There's just kind of two holding midfielders who push up. So it, it's interesting um, to see how Rafa is going to use him. Um, and honestly, it's interesting to see how he pans out. I think, like you said, I think he's going to surprise people with his speed. Um, and I think he's going to surprise people with how used to the physicality is. Like, yeah. I think there's more questions to be asked of guys coming from France per se than coming from a, another pretty physical league in MLS. Now quality of defense is going to be much better than it is in MLS, but I think physicality wise, he's going
1: to, he's going to, he's going to fit in pretty well. I'm curious how the, the chemistry between Almirón and, and Rondon yeah. end up kind of meshing um, how well they can find each other. does, it does run done become the Joseph Martinez of for Newcastle with, yeah. with, with the service that Adamidone's gonna provide. Um it's gonna be it's gonna look like a different team for yeah. sure. It's gonna be you got a special one, I promise you that. Oh, you, it's you. not I don't think it's I don't think it's twenty seven million wasted. I, I can I can tell you that right now or twenty million pounds, whatever it
3: is. Yeah. No, I trust me. I agree. But yeah, that's honestly it. We wanted to get that Atlanta perspective. Do you have any parting words for Miguel? I um, think he'll probably be listening.
1: Enjoy him. Uh I, I think that uh Almiron is a player that he's he's a quality soccer player he's also a quality person um, he's always smiling so get ready for that every picture you can possibly see him in whether it's it's a candid or, or something that he's posing for he's gonna be smiling um, he plays with a lot of passion he uh, he uh, when he's angry when he gets angry at officials or at players <laughs> You know he's angry. Yeah, he he does not do that very. Uh, he doesn't get get angry very easily. But again, he's a. I think more importantly, he's a quality player. I think or a quality person. He is um uh one of the one of the coolest human beings I've I've had the pleasure of covering over the last couple of years, and um I could not wish more success on on a person than I would than I would I mean, on a done. He's oh. he's that kind of player. Nice. Yeah. Well, I, you, I'm yeah. telling you, you got a good one. Yeah. You I'm excited. I mean, I
3: know we have a good one. It's it's the rest of the fans right. we got to worry about. But yeah, um, everyone's excited, I think. And like you said, I think that mentality piece is huge. Um, Just in terms of a couple things like that, that joy he brings. I kind of touched on it on our podcast when we were first talking to Roberto about it. It's like the joy he brings... that's gonna change the dynamic of the locker room, especially. It might, be, when, it
1: might be. I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, but it's a little missing right now from the from. The, oh yeah, from the locker, from yeah, the locker and there's
3: room. it's been frustrations. I mean, we we're coming off a, a good stretch right now, but like before, it was just loss after loss yeah. after loss, and it's like it was getting to the players mentally, and I think that's good, but also he's the, he's going to be coming to a team where he's the only guy who's won. Like there is no one on that Newcastle roster besides winning the championship that's mm-hmm. like had success to the level he's had in terms of just like completely dominating a league even when we were in the championship season it came down to the last day but like atlanta united dominated the league for two seasons and i think that's just like that comes with a different mentality different type of swagger
1: that i'm looking forward to seeing in the northeast if if you're looking at uh, alameda's highlight video i think i can end it with this if you're looking at his highlight videos, his stuff on YouTube, the, the, the things that you're missing from those highlight videos, because I know most of them are just going to be goals, Oh yeah, is what he does in the middle of the field, what mm. he does defensively. You're not going to find those in those videos. If you look st- specifically at, at the goals that he scores, sure, I could I could argue that based off just those videos, maybe he's not worth $27 million, but it's everything else he does in addition to being able to, to produce in the final third as often as he does. It's everything else he does that that really makes him worth the money you've spent, the 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 you know the effort you put into signing a player like Amino and it's I'm you're gonna be surprised at what he does, not only in the final third, not only in transition, not only on a counter, but defensively how he helps uh, Newcastle going forward. Yeah, it's gonna be fun to watch. And it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't hurt that uh, Newcastle's won the last two. They're they've got a little more breathing room. That's gonna put a little more smile, at least a couple more smiles on people's faces. I'm <laughs> telling you, Almiron is going to is his smile is gonna shine over all of Newcastle. I promise.
3: Yeah. Thanks, Eric. And uh, where can people find you? Because I know there's gonna be some Atlanta United fans who are gonna be Newcastle fans, yep. but I'm pretty sure there's gonna be some Newcastle fans who – you know, switch over to Atlanta United. So, where can people find you?
1: So, you can find all of uh, the uh, the Atlanta United content on on SB Nation, Dirty South Soccer. Um, we're on uh, on social media on Twitter at Dirty South Soccer. I'm at Eric G. Quintana on Twitter. Uh, you can follow our podcast at M O T S Podcast. That's Mouths of the South Podcast. We're on Facebook. We're on YouTube. All that stuff. Nice, so, nice. Appreciate you coming in, coming in, man. Hey,
3: it's always <laughs> a pleasure. Always a pleasure.
0: You're listening to the CHN Radio
1: podcast.
0: Make plans to be part of the Tsunami 2019 meetup in Denver,
1: Colorado. Join us for a pint at the Hogshead and Celtic February 22nd through 24th with our special guest, Warren Bog. The Mac is allowed.
0: are the lads.